I'm Gregory Paolini of Gregory Paolini Design, and you're listening to the Modern Woodworkers Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this, the 20th edition of the Modern Woodworkers Association online discussion about all things woodworking. I can't believe we made it this far without being thrown off the air, where we talk about all things woodworking. I'm Tom Iovino of TomsWorkbench.com, and I'll be your host for this evening's program. Joining me today from Hotlanta, Georgia, the home of Coca-Cola and the birthplace of the Modern Woodworkers Association, is Chris Atkins from High Rock Woodworking. Chris, how the heck are you doing today? Tom, I am doing wonderful, and we have been threatened to throw it off the air, so um, I, I correct you there. They've threatened many times, but so far we've resisted. I think we've snuck through the gate every so often, and we've managed to survive at this point. But as long as we keep going, hey, let's just keep the momentum there. Hey, and, uh, we keep all, squeezing them out. I'm Enjoy. telling you, this is well. That's what that's what we're here for. <laughs> and from from not so sunny Long Island, where the sun never rises. Yes, folks, that's how it's pronounced. Long Island <laughs> is Diami Palaki of the PenultimateWoodshop.com. What do you say, Diami? How you doing? I'm just doing dandy, Tom. How the hell are you in Florida? Is the oh, sunny there? It's the Sunshine State. It's always sunny here. Damn you and your sun. I'm sorry. Remember, I moved here so I could shovel sunshine. Oh, speaking of that, I was in Jersey today. It was, was cloudy. It, it was cloudy. No, oh, it was there cloudy. we go. Yeah. But it wasn't dark. <laughs> no, it oh, was okay. not. Okay, there was sun behind the clouds, which is a big deal. And last but certainly not least... Hailing from just outside of Boston, Massachusetts, it's Nick. Don't call him Rick Rouleau. Hey, Nick, there's something on your chest right over there. There's something, like, on your clothes. What, what, is, what is that all about? This is a reminder to you, Tom, that the only actual team that I care about, you asked me about the Red Sox and the Patriots on a weekly basis, and I frankly don't follow them. The only team I care about is this here on my chest, Notre Dame, number one. Disappointing in the Heisman this year, but number one. That's right. Okay, well, I mean, you can't win them all. No. Well, would you, you rather have somebody win the Heisman, or would you rather win the national championship? Is it either or? If it was either or, which would you pick? National championship. Oh, well, okay, that's still to be played. Then again, we have so many. <laughs> I, oh, okay, well, you, we'll count them at another show. Okay, how about that? And it looks like we have the gang all here, which is a good thing, because that means we can actually get started on today's show. Let's talk about a little bit about what's going on here uh, online. And uh, one of the things that really stands out is uh, this new development with Google uh, Google Plus. Hey, Diami, you know a little bit about Google Plus. What, what is this all about? Google Plus Communities is, um, I would liken it to a forum built into Google Plus. And what it is is they organize communities around topics and once you're a member of that community, you don't need to follow the people in the community. Your posts that are in the community stay within the community, and you're kind of automatically in the community viewing the posts of everybody else in the community. And it allows, like they have in the ad, it allows people who are for some reason obsessed with food to talk about food. Um, I found it's great to talk about woodworking with people. It's also great to follow the World Rally Championship for a sport that really counts if you're into that. Um, and all sorts of topics like that. So there are a number of woodworking related communities that have already come up. There's a fantastic public community just, just called Woodworking that you can find if you go to communities in Google Plus and search it. And there's also a, a modern woodworkers community that uh, we're working on. may have a couple twists and turns with that, but uh, join us and, uh, and we'll talk about all things modern woodworking. 
Yes, we shall. Mr. Atkins, you have something from the floor. It, yeah, I'm just I'm just curious as you guys' opinions on this because to me it's kind of a big it's a big thing. I mean, with 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 Google Plus since it's came out, I think there's been a lot of mixed reviews on on how people have taken it because most of us use Twitter quite a bit. I'm not a big Facebook user, but I know um, Facebook's out there and stuff like that. But um, and it seems like Google just keeps coming out with more stuff, and and some of us at least myself and some of the others have, have kind of, it was great using the Google Plus when it first came out, but i got to admit, now I'm kind of stepping back from it a little bit because it seems like I tend to get flooded with, you know, nothing nothing gets, but it seems like I end up seeing a lot of photography stuff, and I don't know, some of the woodworking stuff's kind of went away. Do you think that by changing this and doing more of the communities, people are going to start focusing more on the individual communities, such as woodworking, so that you get more of a concentration in one area? Yeah, I think I think that um, what it does is address the big concern with a lot of people, which was there's so much stuff that I'm not interested. People aren't targeting their comments towards specific circles that they've created. This kind of takes the conversation about a topic and puts it in its own little place. So if you only care about photography, there's a community for that, and you're going to be in there talking about your photography all the time. If you only care about woodworking, well, the place to go is, well, is the modern woodworkers community or woodworking. They're both great communities and both growing quickly. So I'd encourage anybody to check it out. Um, it's filtered of all the noise and it's strictly woodworking in there. So you're yeah. saying there's an app for that? Actually, it's not in the app yet. It's weird. The <laughs> app will take you to the community posts, but you can't actually filter by communities. But that's kind of a tangent. Mm. Um, if I could just address the communities for a second. I think what you were first talking about, Chris, in terms of a lot of noise and not a lot of specific woodworking content. I not to point the finger at you, but you can control that by just managing your communities uh, more closely. You don't necessarily need this sure. subjugation of the um, your circles of the yeah your circles. Excuse me, thank you, Nick. Um, the the thing that I the thing about communities is it makes me a little nervous because they strike me as forums, and I'm an admin in a forum that I only check like once every three months. I'm just not. The more time I spend on the internet, the more time I realize I'm just not a forum user. So I fear that I'm not going to use it, which is a personal issue. But even more than that is, as we've talked about, we've got this one that's just called Woodworking, which is fantastic, and one that's Modern Woodworking Association, fantastic also. There's no reason why you can't belong to both. I belong to both. But I'm afraid that by putting posts in just a specific community, you're going to limit your audience and limit the ability to share. One of the nice things about Google+, Plus even more so than Facebook, I would say, is that I've met a more diverse group of people interested in woodworking. Um, and I said Facebook. I'm stumbling all over my words. I meant Twitter. Um, you know, I, I'm as much into Twitter as anybody else here, and I know pe- woodworkers on Twitter from all over, the, all over the world, but Google Plus has been a great place to interact with woodworkers when tuning circles the right way. And I'm just afraid this is going to kind of pigeonhole people into specific communities of woodworking, like they get into specific forums of woodworking, rather than just this broader discussion of all things woodworking. That's that's a good point because I've already noticed that there's there's actually a, there's a turning uh, community already started up. So you you wonder what that's going to do? Is it just going to be everybody kind of split apart? But uh, you hopefully know, not, and, because you know I, I like with, to see all aspects. And Chris, you're right. I mean, that's the thing. It's it's, it's there are so many specific disciplines within woodworking. You think about the people who just scroll saw, the people who just turn, the people who just build uh, sculpted pieces or they carve. I mean, you, you've got so many different specialties where people end up 
just isolated in that group, and all they all they get is exposure to that one group. In a broader group, such as a woodworking, or if you build a circle with a group of people you, you see, you get a chance to get maybe a little bit more diversity within that as opposed to just that targeted. Now, granted, there's times if I have a question with a lathe and I'm going to the attorney, the general woodworking community, a lot of people may not have the lathe or be interested in that. So I definitely want to turn more yeah. toward the turners. So there's a, there's a, there's a place for yeah. both. Sure, I mean I, would, I can understand. I think I think all of us are kind of in a little bit of a a bubble that because we blog and do this and stuff, we tend to look at all the different areas of woodworking. So you know, if somebody's doing it as a hobby and they just they just want to learn about what they're actually doing, they may not want all that. So so there is probably both sides of it that, that's useful. I think the good thing is that Google Google is integrating circles and your own stream with the communities enough that no matter what communities you're part of, you you can still see stuff coming through your your everyday stream. And also to point out this this product communities is three days old. I think it's got a long way to grow and it's it is what we make of it. So I'd encourage all the woodworkers out there who are interested in following stuff online. Yeah, it's a little bit forumy, it's a little bit twittery and it's a lot less noisy than all of those things for woodworking specific topics, uh, but give it a try, see what you think, and participate. I would, I would absolutely second that, and I would go further to say everybody here has hobbies other than woodworking. Check out your other hobbies too. It's, it's a great place about interests to focus around a common interest with people who you don't know. It's a great opportunity. And Nick, you hit the nail on the head too because you think about you know when Google Plus first came out, it was latecomer to the social media field. And um, to be able to turn around and um, to be able to, you know, they, it's made changes over the, you know, over the past couple of year, year and a half, it's been around, where it's actually become a little bit more, um, uh, you know, intuitive. Um, there's been a lot more improvements to it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, we're talking three days old. I mean, obviously, we're not going to be able to do, you know, it's not going to be perfect right out of the gate. It is going to evolve. Yeah, that's, that's true. But I think they also learned a lot by watching what Facebook and Twitter have done. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the interesting thing I, I'm gonna, I'm going to look to to see is how how the conversation on Twitter changes now that there's a place for public conversation about a specific topic in the social media sphere. So up till now there was no specific place for woodworkers to go to talk, and you went to Twitter. So there's if you follow a thousand people on Twitter and half of them are woodworkers, there's also fifty percent of the people you're following who are tweeting other things that are unrelated. So if you're only there for woodworking, you're still getting a lot of that noise. It's going to be interesting to watch. You got it. You definitely got it. All right, so we'll be out there watching the evolution. Meanwhile, going on. And so this is the Google Plus episode. (laughs) Where Google Google gets a free earful. Where where are we publishing this? YouTube, shut up. Not Google Plus. (laughs) Okay, well, anyway. Here's some things that are going on in the Modern Woodwork Association. First of all, I want to point out uh, something that um, I've, I've become a little bit more active recently in the blog over there. Um, one of the things that I really wanted to um, uh, one of the things I really wanted to cover was actually now that we have an ability for guilds to join the Modern Woodworkers Association. You know, it's great when we go after individuals. We want people to come along, you know, individually and join the Modern Woodworkers Association. But we also want to be able to uh, to, to have guilds join as well. This way we're able to um, have people who already meet on a regular basis, on a monthly basis, actually join us and be able to share what they're doing. 
with the Modern Workers Association. So people in Tampa Bay area can then turn around and also talk to people in Seattle, Long Island, Atlanta, and other places around the country. So it's, it's, a, it's going to be a really decent opportunity to see how we can grow the Modern Workers Association and build that sense of community. Anything else going on? Diami, Chris? Nick, anybody? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw this in. Um, we're finally getting our act together and putting together our uh, monthly newsletter. No. You should be able to go to your inbox if you're, you're, you're registered on our email list. And if you're not, go to the modernworkersassociation.com website and sign yourself up. Uh, our monthly newsletter, which will announce uh, the goings-on in the MWA, what events we're going to have, what events have happened, and any other kind of news and discounts and all sorts of stuff will be in that newsletter and should be published towards the end of this month or beginning of next month and every month thereafter. Every month, even the month of February, which is only a few days short. Including leap years. Yes. In perpetuity. Yes. <laughs> no, and that's, that's a good point. And wait, but both and both these guys have brought up something that we, we've been trying to uh, to work on some of this stuff. So uh, yeah, we're, we're Tom, Tom's jumping in on the blog a little more and, and Nick's kind of uh, working on the newsletter and we're, we're trying to pick out a few things, uh, you know, some of the chapters and stuff around. So uh, I promise there see, will be uh, a, a show note. Cool stuff. Yeah. It's Diami is going to post one link per show and uh, we're going to be great. <laughs> Effectively what you're hearing right now is the admission that we are finally after 20 episodes of this thing going to finally pull our heads out of our posteriors and actually assist you the That's viewer, right. to learn more about what we ramble on about. So please, accept our thanks for telling us where you've been falling down in a job. Just as Google Plus has its growing pains, so does the MWA. But that's okay. That's what we live for. It's all good. I promise. If you don't make mistakes, you can never make progress, right? That's it. That's right. Yeah, enough of that. Uh, enough of that. Okay. So we're excited and, um, about all that, Tom. Now what do we got going on? Ooh, even better. Hey, guess what's coming back this year? Woodworking shows. You got it, brother. <sighs> so, anybody want to give us a little update on what's going on with that? Huh? 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 Well, I can tell you. I can tell you that uh, at least for the um, Massachusetts chapters, which is something I'm going to get to in a second. We have two chapters now in Massachusetts. We're going to be hosting uh, some meetups around the uh, woodworking shows when they come to Springfield in January. So, watch the website for for announcements on when that is and what that is. Um, but I think. If there's interest, I think there'll be woodworking show meetups for the through the MWA all around the country. If there's no MWA chapter in your area and you want to put together some sort of meetup, let us know. We can help you out. We'll connect you with some woodworkers in your area, get a meetup together, get an MWA chapter started in your area if there isn't one already. And there should be one everywhere. There should and be we'll one. help you. Cause if there's not, send us an email, modernwoodworkersassociation at gmail.com. We'll get you all and, and one other thing, on the, on the, uh, on the, the woodworking shows, uh, it's going to be kind of exciting because they've, they've switched owners this year, and it seems like there's a lot of focus that was uh, previously on kind of uh, do-it-yourself type thing, and they're moving back much more towards woodworking. Um, so that's going to be kind of exciting to see the show. And then last year, we actually had a booth here in Atlanta at the woodworking shows, um, I've already been trying to reach out to the the new people, and uh, we plan on doing that again this next year. And hopefully, at some of these other areas, maybe we can uh, pop a booth up too and just uh, introduce. Uh, you know, people can come up and shake hands, and it's always good to see people. Absolutely, faces and names—it's the way to do it. You got it. 
All right, so what else do we have? Uh, we have That looks like pretty much everything's going on with the Modern Brewing Association. We'll have now, to call it a night, then. Well, that, well, that we'd call it a night if we didn't have something far more interesting oh. than watching four idiots talk. We have something interesting? Okay. Believe it or not, we don't have something interesting, but our guest has ah. something interesting. Let me tell you about our guest, and I don't think he needs any introduction. Let's just say that when, when Chuck Norris learned how to cut pins and tails at the same time, it was this gentleman, who also is named Chuck, who actually taught him the process. I would like to warmly welcome Chuck Bender to the Modern Workers Association, episode number 20. Chuck. I am here. You know, I would talk, but you were going at it. it it's okay. Just jump right in. <laughs> just okay? talk over him. Just talk over me. Everybody else at work does it. Everybody else at home does it. Everybody else here does it. So don't worry about it. Tom who? Wait, Forget I was told. Uh-oh. He's got mute again. <laughs> I think that was no, I was told it happens every show, so I didn't unmute, but I did. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> hey, Chuck, you're here. Okay. Chuck Bender of Acanthus Workshop, right? Professional yeah. comedian. Professional comedian. Yes, definitely. You're right. Chuck. Hobbyist, woodworker, professional comedian. Absolutely. you got to love it. Uh, Chuck, first of all, tell us about you. Okay? Tell us about where we can find you, all that stuff. We're going to start off by talking, promoting the Canthus Workshop. Where can people find you? Uh, Shoot, baby. Shoot. You mean like you want to know the website and all that kind of stuff? No, your physical address. <sighs> Don't you just <laughs> locate the poor man. Well, right right now I'm in, the, in my office. It's a lovely office too for those who are only listening to the audio podcast later. You can let me just look. He's got a big library behind him, full of woodworking magazines. What a fine array of magazines! Much better than Diami's pink wall behind him. Yes, hey. or me in my crappy shop. <laughs> I've got these other things here too, though. I don't even know what this is. <laughs> don't forget about it. So, Chuck, we can find you at the Canthus Workshop, which is at acanthus.com. That's where you want to find you. Oh, you want to know? A-C-A-N-T-H-U-S dot com. Okay. So what, it's explain to our viewers what a, a canthus leaf is. Which well, is, I assume, where you got the name from. Well, I was wandering around Greece one day, and I stumbled over this plant. No. Sorry. I want to apologize for everybody who's listening. <laughs> it's comedy night here at the uh, Modern Workers Association, everybody. No, not a, that wasn't very much comedy at all. Okay, what happened? How did we, get the, how did we come up with the name? Um, well... Primarily, I'm a period furniture maker. I have been um, for wow, about 30 years. And one of the motifs that you get in 18th century furniture is acanthus leaf carving on the knees of pieces of furniture. And, and, and that's, that's a traditional type of embellishment Correct. upon both wooden pieces and stone pieces as well at the time. Correct. I mean, you gotta you got to look at It's all taken from the five classic orders of architecture and... Blah, blah, blah. You know, all that happy stuff. I don't, but it sounded great, Chuck. <laughs> Chuck, before we go much further, now we know where to find you. I'm going to start off with some really basic questions, and we ask everybody who comes on, how'd you get into woodworking? Let's see. It was probably, well, I got into woodworking at like 10 or 11 years old, and uh, got serious around 12. When I was 10 or so, uh, skateboards were pretty hot, and I wanted to skateboard but had no money to buy one so I joined a woodworking club in sixth grade and started making one from an old roller skate and a hunk of wood and you know the rest was downhill so Sorry. to speak 
Was, so is that literally or? <laughs> In a matter of, I, I don't know that I ever actually. I don't know that I ever actually finished the skateboard, but I did make some several cutting boards that year, and then uh, in seventh grade I started branching out into turning and did laminated balls and stuff like. That. When he got to the wheels and they weren't made of wood, he said, "What, what do I need this for?" That was where he was. Talent was born. So, Chris. so of our next five, uh, of the five, second question, or of the five, there. Wait, wait, you only have five questions. We only have five. Well, we have five that we ask everyone, Chuck. So you oh. have to, uh, you have to answer these questions before, before you move on. on to the bonus round. That's actually about you. <laughs> you can actually win <laughs> fabulous prizes, Chuck. That's right. This is the test. So, so of, I just of this a one, can I win a lanyard? <laughs> you can you can wait. I thought we gave you a lanyard. The the next question is is uh, this is this is my favorite. What is your favorite tool? What is that's mighty personal. <laughs> I'm just envisioning wow. a guy driving to work tomorrow morning, listening to the podcast, going, "They're just laughing." <laughs> the funniest part about it that would is have to be that it'll be edited by tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you mean you edit this? Uh, <laughs> All right. Um, then I'm going to say uh, my favorite tool has got to be my dead tool where it's smoother. It's a uh, it's it's an awesome plane. Nice. <laughs> All that build up and I was so anticlimactic. <laughs> I'm sure Rainy would really be happy to hear that his coffin smoother is anticlimactic. <laughs> But happy that it's your favorite tool. Why don't, why don't you plug the website if you know it offhand? Oh, yeah, um, that's a good thing. DeadToolworks.com? That's D-A-E-D toolworks.com. Diami, why don't you take the next question? <laughs> All right, well, Chuck, uh, who has influenced you the most in your woodworking? Hmm. I would have to say probably through high school when I went to uh, my local vocational school, uh, the teacher there, uh, Werner Dewar, um, was just awesome. He uh, gave me all those foundational skills, all those things that, you know, you build on to, to go on from there. Well, that and Tommy McDonald, you know. He has influenced a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nick, to get us back on the rails here, okay, maybe you could take this next question. All right. All right. This has to do with, with things that go wrong, Chuck. What, in, in your experience, what has been the, the hardest challenge you face, the biggest stumbling block and, and how did you get around it? How could you avoid it? You know, I seem to remember these questions, uh, Tom asking them out in Covington. Yeah, we talked about world. this in the pre-show. I'll say it on the actual Deja show. It's my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not what I was trying to get to. I was <laughs> but thank you. But it worked. Yes. It doesn't take much to get me to apologize. Something about a dead microphone, but that's a whole different story. Now, what was the question? No, the microphone was fine. Oh, you had to turn it on is the problem. <laughs> Operator error. The hardest. <laughs> question I'll is the stumbling the, block. I'll answer this. The biggest stumbling block. I'll answer this the same way I started out with Tom out there in uh, Covington. Covington. Yeah, Covington. Yeah. I'm sorry. Cross the river. Right. Since I'm a professional woodworker, that would have to be making money. No, that's not necessary. The biggest, the biggest stumbling block thing that I've had to overcome, um, I guess, or the most difficult thing for me to to grasp actually was carving. The fellow who taught, you know, Werner, when he taught, the trades are separate over in Europe still in, in a lot of areas, and they certainly are in Germany where he's from. And to learn carving was something that I had to do almost entirely on my own. 
So I just feel like that was the biggest behind making money. No, I mean, and smart. I don't, I don't want to get completely away from our convers our, our our questions here. But, but you're about to this into left field. No, but that's a good point. I mean, carving is is something that uh, I think a lot of woodworkers struggle with, and and myself included. I mean, I can I've done a few things, but I think that's one of the things that in a lot of furniture and stuff that you you see a lot of carvings in a lot of period furniture and and it, it's it's great to add in but most people are so uncomfortable with it so uh, I've, I've noticed with a lot of your work that you do have that and um, what do you recommend on that I mean just getting out there or what, what's your recommendations well I have a DVD for that but that's a whole different story um, we, can, we can talk about it. Okay, well <laughs> that can be a recommendation <laughs> Um, well, that's good, but you know, one of the things that I've always tried to do was uh, once I got into woodworking and I just realized I couldn't get enough of it, I decided that I was going to you know, take the things that I wanted to do the most that I felt like were the hardest to do and I was going to just sort of focus on those things and really push in that direction because it's, you know, get out of your comfort zone. That's how you get better. You know, and it yeah. it doesn't matter whether it's you know cutting dovetails or mortise and tenons or carving acanthus leaves or you know turning you know offset turnings on the lathe or anything like that. All right, Chuck. <clears throat> Here's another crazy question: How has the influ internet influenced your work? Oh, I I think it's a tremendous influence. I mean, just being able to uh, be in contact with uh, guys like you and uh, other people, you know, really. You know, just opens up a lot of doors for me and for other people. I mean, I did. You know, it's it's amazing. I've refocused. You know, when you you do this stuff for so long as a professional, you just sort of get into the groove of doing things. And then um, when I started up the school five years ago, I started interacting with people at shows and on the internet and things like that. And all of a sudden, it made me sort of re-examine step by step how I did things because people were asking you know, questions and, you know, they would, if I'm starting out on a project at point A and I'm going to, to Z, they're at, they're usually asking something between like D and X. And I, you know, <laughs> usually I just jump right in there and go from A to Z and I'm done. But, you know, now you got to step back and reevaluate how, how you're, uh, you're, you're doing things and how to, how to represent those things to people. So it's good way to use the web. Made me a better woodworker. And people said it's just a fad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll catch on sooner or later. Oh, gosh, we can only hope. <laughs> All right. Now. Hey, Chuck, you, you said your school's been around for five years now. Yep. You, I think you just published your uh, 2013 class schedule. What's what's exciting for you in, that, in the upcoming classes? Oh, um, well, we're doing some really cool stuff next year. We're uh, on our master's class, uh, which is really advanced. We're actually going to do a Newport block front chest. And uh, um, if you're not into period furniture, then uh, one of the other really cool things we're doing is we're going to do our version of the um, Wharton Escherich music stand, which if you don't know what that is, Google Wharton Escherich music stand, and it'll you'll know it instantly. It's really pretty famous. If you don't know who Wharton Escherich is, we can talk about that too. Wikipedia. Wikipedia is your friend. Wharton Escherich is more modern, correct? Very contemporary. So this is quite the departure from what you normally do. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, or for what I'm known for doing anyway. Yeah. I've done okay. a... You do things you're not known for? Yes, there it is. Right All there. Of us do. 
So that's the Wharton Estrick music stand? That is it. That's a beautiful stand. Clearly not as nice as one that'll have acanthus leaves on its knees, but still a beautiful stand. <laughs> well, we have to put knees in first. Uh, Look at its knees, Deami. Why don't you come on? So, Chuck, for those, those who aren't familiar with Wharton Estrick's work, um, ha- what is quintessential Wharton Estrick about this music stand? Uh, well, he was sort of into sweeping curves and spirals. He was into asymmetry. The coolest thing about uh, Wharton Asherick is he was he started doing all this stuff long before contemporary furniture was in in vogue, and he he was a huge influence on Sam Maloof, and uh, I I still believe that you know without Wharton Asherick, Sam Maloof would have never been. So if you guys are into Sam Maloof stuff. You know, check out some of Wharton Eshrick's stuff. Sam's famous. Sam's really famous. So if he influenced Sam, that that's a big deal. Uh, the story I got was they were at um, a convention or something out in the uh, like in Arizona or something like that at one point, and it was this. All the big names were there, and somebody was giving Sam Maloof a hard time, telling him that he's never going to make it doing what he's doing. He's crazy. You know, his designs are so off the wall and so different. And afterwards, you know, he just said, you know, this is the way I do it, and I'm going to keep doing it this way. And that's what I really want to do. And afterwards, Esherick walked up to him and said, you know, Sam, you just have to do it your way. Keep doing it that way, and you will be successful. Just keep trying. It's funny you mention your way because I'm just a little quick aside. Today is Frank Sinatra's birthday, the day we're taping. It's on the 12th of December, so it's only appropriate we actually address that. That, that is we got most, that done. That is the most important thing going. I'm on. a Jersey guy, so I had to say it. It was worth saying, of course. Now, now the, the funny thing about this, Chuck, is that this Wharton Asherick project is part of this. No. How do we put this? No BS woodworking uh, uh, course you're setting up. Well, that's entirely different. That's uh, About a a year ago, I started an online show. We do um, 26 episodes a year. We start in November and run through April. And it's um, we do multiple project builds. And the Wharton Esherick project that we're working on on the show right now is actually um, a coffee table that Esherick did in, like, 1956. Um, again, I don't know if uh, we can pull up a picture of that or not. I don't think I have it on my website anymore. I can give you a, a link. Yeah, I'll find it. Don't worry about it. When we when we start talking about the classes, though, I mean, is this part of this no BS woodworking thing you're you're doing? No, no BS let's woodworking. Talk a little bit about see, no BS too. woodworking more goes more to the previous question about how has the internet influenced me and. Um, one of the things that I did was uh, I started this online show. Uh, the idea was to be able to reach out to more people. And it's I know there's a lot of online schools out there, and I don't really call what I do a school because I'm trying not necessarily to do things in a linear progression. I didn't want to start out with, you know, here's a wood structure, and then, you know, the next step is... And then we okay. keep going from there. I want to be able to jump around, and primarily it's a chance for me to go in and build some of the cool pieces that I've either built before that I'd like to do again or build pieces that I've always wanted to build and then put that out there and show people the interesting aspects of it. We don't, I don't necessarily show every single step of every single project. I mean, you know, sooner or later, you guys, people just 
would get bored with watching me run boards across the joiner and through the planer. Never. Not uh, when you do it, Chuck. Table. I could watch it for days. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what I like about what it? What you wish for. There's no BS. Well, that's it. There's no well, BS. And, well, and some and of it is. We're also, you know, some of the premise of this, the show is to do a little bit of debunking. I mean, there's a lot of times where people, we're woodworkers. We tend to obsess on the details almost as much as engineers because most of us are engineers. Um, so, you know, we tend to overcomplicate things a little bit. And um, one of the things that I'm trying to do through the, the show, which is a subscription-based show, is to... Cut out a lot of the nonsense, you know, just stop worrying about things. Let's try and move forward. Look, okay, here's a, here's a project. Here are the stumbling blocks that you're going to have when you jump into this thing, and here's how to get past them without, you know, spending five days figuring out how to sharpen your chisels. All right, let, let me ask you then. You know, what's, what's, a, what's a typical thing people get obsessed about? You mentioned sharpening chisels, but it's something like, what else do people get obsessed about? They get all rankled about. They can't, they can't proceed. Well... I'm going to answer that with a question. What's what's the one project you have sitting in your shop that you have just come to a complete halt on, even though you're not telling your spouse that you're at a complete halt? Kitchen cabinets. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I Chuck, knew did, you plant, did you did you plant the camera in our shops before this interview? Um, it, it it's these are common threads. Trust me, we get you know we've had hundreds of students through here, and they all go, "Can you please have a class on how to fix every mistake?" And the this the spouse usually turns around and says, "I just want you to have a class on how to complete a project." You know, for for me, it's not so much that it's a total standstill. My, my my biggest stumbling block, to be perfectly honest, is sheer boredom with the project. I get to a point in a project where I'm just so bored with it, I just want to do something else, and That's that a good point. stalls me entirely. And I'm Are you fun. suggesting that making an entire kitchen by yourself isn't fascinating and engaging? Correct. Okay. Not only am I by implying that, I will say it flat out. <laughs> That's the best part about our podcast. It's an OBS podcast. <laughs> if you have yeah, well, the so, notion of building your own kitchen, purge that thought from your mind. Don't don't even consider it. Don't try it. Unless you're a professional cabinet maker and have the means to do it. If you're a woodworker, if you're a furniture maker, building a kitchen is not the same thing. Building a kitchen is kim- trim carpentry. It's not woodworking. It's not even trim carpentry. It's it's entirely a different sphere. You're working it's, squares. So, so Chuck, we, um, you know, we we got a chance, we got a chance to uh, kind of hang out with you. And for and, the record, and, Chuck yeah. was no- nodding his head to that comment. Chuck was <laughs> nodding his head. <laughs> there was no well, answer. I built my own kitchen, and I've built several for customers. Um, you know, and it's you'd rather light yourself on fire than do another one. I well, no, I, I'll say. No, no, no. I was just gonna say I've I've built a lot of kitchen cabinets when I was when I was younger with my dad, so it's it is monotonous. It's a box, but then again, so is a high boy. You know, so is a chest of drawers. I mean, but they're it's all boxes. One, it's, a high boy is one box, maybe maybe two. You could argue two. <laughs> it's not twenty-seven. 20. <laughs> okay, well, wait. You have for a high boy, you've got two boxes. You've got that bottom and the top, and then you've got the twelve other boxes that we call drawers that go inside of it. So. Yeah. Um, it catches up pretty quick, but no, I, I can see your point. I mean, working in, you know, doing flat work is totally different. I mean, but, and that's, for me, that's a lot of the kitchens that I've done and some of the built-ins I've done have been more like furniture. So that's, 
it's more fun than just cutting up plywood and slapping on a face frame. That can that can take a tremendous amount of time. It's not as easy as it looks. No. Well, thank you for implying that that's what I'm doing, Chuck. Of course. <laughs> you can train a shot monkey to do it. Chuck, one, one, one question I want to ask you, and I saw this in Cincinnati, well, actually in Covington, across the river from Cincinnati. You cut some incredibly wild-looking dovetails. Uh, I believe you, you mentioned the Bermuda dovetails. Wow, first of all, um, the, probably the most intricate piece of cutting in, in joinery I've ever seen. But but I mean, where, where do you where do you find this stuff? And then what drives you to want to learn to master it? Just just give us a little bit of insight. Uh, well, the the thing that drove me to well, first of all, Bermuda dovetails are sometimes called Spanish dovetails. They were fairly popular in the 18th century on the island of Bermuda. Every cabinet maker had his own pattern. I don't know. If the, there's a whole lot of information out there on them. We're working on that. I mean, I did mm-hmm. a couple of presentations, and it's at Woodworking in America the last couple of years on how to do them. They they had geometric shapes, and if I guess the best way to describe them is they're uh, through half blind with some geometric shapes on the part of that the through that goes through the half blind, which is now I've totally confused everybody listening. Check out my website. There's a there is a DVD for that. <laughs> But I mean, you know what? I mean, what what in, what inspires you when you see something like that? What inspires you to say, okay, now I want to master it. I want to cut it. I want to master it. And I want to instruct it. A, a paycheck. No, literally, I had. Uh, this is the no BS interview. <laughs> I'm telling you, folks. Really, I mean, honestly, what it was is I had a customer come in uh, years and years ago who said, "Hey, I've seen. Here's a picture of this really cool sugar chest. Can you make one of these?" And I said, "Sure." And my first thought was. Uh, I've got some really cool curly cherry, and um, they went, okay, great. We like to do that. I, I want to give one of those to my kids, you know, to hold their family Bible or whatever. I'm going, it's a sugar chest. But there we go. He's got some Bermudas up there somewhere, or at least Indeed. he thinks he does. There we go. Oh, these are Bermudas. Those are Bermudas. Yeah, And they, they have all different wow. – for those who are listening, tune into the YouTube thing because, you know, you're <laughs> missing it. You know, just don't do it while you're driving. Yeah, try um, not to do that. The, the police frown upon that. Hey, it's not texting. Yeah, that's it. Would work safely. That's right. Wear your safety glasses while you're watching this and driving at the same time. <laughs> anyway, the customer wanted this thing, and they, I suggested Curly Cherry, and then I stopped suggesting that after I did it because uh, if you actually saw the pictures of the Bermuda dovetails, it, um, to actually cut those things into cherry was just massive amounts of fun. <laughs> Time's being safe now. No, I just not saw... behind the wheel of your car, dude. It's okay. I'm in my shop. I need my safety glasses on. <laughs> anyway, that's so. The first motivating factor was, hey, it's uh, it goes back to what I was talking about earlier. It was something that I looked at as a challenge, and I just said, hey, I'm going to do this until I actually can succeed at it. And um, the fact that somebody was paying me to do it was even better. Uh, speaking of pay and gigs, um, has Bermuda Dovetails been featured in Popular Woodworking yet? And if not, uh, when? I do not believe it has been. I'm trying to think. I don't think I did anything with it. So for the, for those who don't know, Chuck writes a lot of articles for Popular Woodworking, and you've got a few coming up this year, I think, right? Uh, yep. And that's all I'm going to say on that. That's all you're permitted to say? <laughs> uh, actually, I could... My next one, I think, is on, uh, it's entitled uh, Quarter Columns, No Lathe Required. 
Ooh. I was going to tell me I can plug your ears before. before yeah, you well, you know. Making quarter columns without a lathe. Yep. Sweet. For all so, your periods. So, so, Chuck, speaking, when we were talking about dovetails, I, I've just got to give you some props that uh, when, when uh, of course, you know, we, we, we divided the team up and we did the two woodworking Americans and, uh, and Nick and I were, were out um, trying our best to handle the Handle Olympics out in Cincinnati being complete newbies at it. And, and you, you did a you, wonderful job. <laughs> well, thank you, but I, I'll give you now props it's time because for me to go hide. I, I I really appreciate, you know, the first thing, guys, when, when we got there was, was Chuck comes up and, you know, was giving us some pointers and stuff. So I, I much appreciated on that and, um, you know, tried to spend some time over there with us and, and helping. Uh, with that being said, I mean, we, um, you, you obviously, with, with your affiliation with, with Pop Woodworking and stuff, you, you do the, the Woodworking Americas. Um, what else? I mean, what uh, where 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 are people going to find you at? What kind of events and shows and and, and uh, whatever. Yeah, well, I'll be at se- I'll be at several of the woodworking shows. Um, I've been doing stuff with Lee Nielsen at their hand tool events for the last couple of years. Uh, I'm going to do some more of those uh, in 2013. I'm going to be at the Triangle Woodworkers Association in Raleigh. Some I think it's next June doing a presentation there. I just did one a couple of weeks ago at the Central Jersey Woodworkers over uh, in Central New Jersey. <laughs> is that well, what that is? What's left of it? <laughs> um, you know, since it is 12-12-12 and, you know, they're having a concert right now, which is where I'm sure most people who are not watching this are watching and don't. Everyone is watching this. There were Bermuda dovetails on this. What do they yes. have? <laughs> Wait, it's uh, December? It's December. Only, only nine more days to go until the Mayans, you know, kicked off the end of the world here. So, excellent. You, you, Chuck, you're gonna have to teach me how to cut those Bermuda dovetails in the next nine days. Because um, the Mayans could be right. You never know. Just give me your credit card. I'll send you a DVD. You'll take. Sounds good. great, Chuck. Anybody who's listening to this is missing out on so much hilarious comedy. I'm speechless. I, Let's just say you do a wicked Stevie Wonder impersonation. Let's just that say was, that. Yeah. Is it right, Charles? I can't figure it out. Once I put on the safety glasses, it was all over. I was going to say, we've had, we've had a, exactly one question from the internet tonight, and it's, is Tom going for Ray Charles tonight? See, that's what I'm saying. Everybody's off watching the, you know, concert with Sandy relief, and we got only one question about Tom and his Ray Charles impression. All I have to say is I have so much editing to do. <laughs> I don't, don't think you can edit any points, of it. <laughs> We'll do about a three-minute show tonight, which will be, hi, welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, episode 20. Thanks Thank for, for coming listening. by. Give the audio listeners a treat and just publish this completely unedited. That's yes. right. <laughs> a sure way to lose subscribers. <laughs> we, we promise that by the end of the year, your New Year's resolution will be not to listen to the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. That's wow. cool. This was quite a deep rabbit hole. I, th- I think we're a success if maybe 5% of our listeners are giggling by the end of the show. I think it's higher than that. Tom's mom laughs really easily, so we should be able to hit that. 100% right. right there. Okay, so so that, that's uh, 100% of our viewers right there. You're right, Nick. Okay, Chuck, anything else you want to tell our viewers that you know would, would, would cease them from uh, looking, at, uh, looking at Ray Charles here at the bottom? Bottom corner of the screen. I'm just not sure. I know Chris started on something earlier about uh, we were hanging out, and we sort of interrupted that thread. So I was kind of hoping we were, were going to we, get back to that. Where, where were we hanging out? In uh, we were hanging out where? 
It's in Pasadena. Pasadena. No, we were at White Castle, remember? That's where we hung out. No, that's over in that was in That's in Covington. Kentucky. White Castle. Remember when I did the show? Remember when I did the show in Covington? <laughs> no, we we partially covered that. No, I was just that was part part Oh, it was about the dovetails or was no, it something else? Well no no, part of it was just, you know, just just um I mean, you you are one of the guys that that I do think that tends to get out there with the woodworkers and and how is it getting out there with other woodworkers at these shows? I mean, for for me, it's a tremendous benefit to get out there and just work with other woodworkers and 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 talk to them. And you know, I know you do a lot of these shows and stuff and get a lot of chance for interaction like that. Well, that's really what I'm in it for at this point. I mean, it's uh, it it's just a ton of fun. I mean, Glenn Huey was one of the guys who pushed me to open a school. And, you know, I kept, for three years I told him, what are you, out of your mind? I said, I did the apprentice thing. I had a lot of guys working for me building furniture. I said, I'm never going down that road again. And finally, after three years, you know, i got to remember I am a woodworker. I'm a professional woodworker, so I'm really slow. So after three years of him beating on me, and you don't have to edit that one out, Chris. You know, it finally dawned on me that he was talking about, Guys like you that are, you know, this is not necessarily your vocation, nor do, nor are you looking to make it your vocation. And once I started the school, it was just ton of fun getting out there, interacting with people that really just wanted to be woodworkers. And that's, you know, it's, it's different dealing with amateur woodworkers, and I hope nobody's offended by that term, as opposed to guys who are trying to be professionals. I mean, hobbies, uh, hobbyists. Whatever you would like to call yourselves. So. <laughs> all good. Not earning a living off of it. I'm a little woodworker. A little woodworker, as opposed to a, a big woodworker. He's the he's yeah. the little acorn. It will one day be the mighty oak. That's way too much information. Um, so, but anyway, it, it is totally different than working with people who are trying to develop this as a living. I mean, and it's you know every one of the first students I had came through the shop. You know, we open up every class with, you know, hey, give us your name, what you do outside of, you know, being here. And we get around the room and this guy says, you know, my name's Tim and I'm like Chuck, I'm retired. I said, what do you mean you're retired? <laughs> he says, well, you know, you're doing what we want to do, you know, for a living. And I said, well, first of all, try paying your electric bill doing it. That's a totally different story. I said, you know, if you if you think I'm retired, it's not that way. And I said, you know, the, the I usually equate it with, like, being a chef. Everybody, you know, everybody likes to make their wife something special every now and then. You know, you get in the kitchen, you you screw up every pot, pan, and everything in the kitchen. You make her something, and then she has to clean it all up, okay? But imagine doing that same special meal 200 times a night, seven nights a week. And that's what it's like being a professional woodworker, you know? So, Nick. There's no excuse for not having those kitchen cabinets done. <laughs> so that being said, Chuck, I mean, and I, I think that's 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 a question that just kind of just popped on me because you know we we have several guys on that that are professional woodworkers and and but at the same time they also have I, I don't know how to put it other than than just internet personalities and magazine personalities and things like that where you're you're actually out there promoting. You know, I, I think what a lot of people don't see is people see you. In the classroom, people see you online. People see you in the magazines and stuff like that, and, and shows. You know what? What is your ratio? I mean, what do you think? What What's the time you spend in the shop working on woodworking projects as opposed to to some of this other stuff? Do you still do a lot of a lot of woodworking projects where you're out there selling stuff, or 
or is is it is it became a large portion of it dealing with this this type of atmosphere? Uh, well, if you, if you ask my customers, they think I'm totally built, doing nothing but teaching and writing and video work. But it's I, I'd still say we're it's leaning more towards the majority doing you know video and writing for the magazine and doing classes and stuff like that and doing going out to woodworking clubs and various shows and stuff. And, and that was the whole point. You know, I've been doing, I've been building furniture professionally for 30-some um, years, and the idea when I started the school was to take 10 or 15 years and sort of transition out of building um, just simply because eight, nine years ago I got rid of all the employees, and, you know, since then I, I just noticed that I'm getting older. And carrying a high boy around by myself has become, you know, work. A challenge? It's just work. Yeah. So, you know, I'd say at this point I'm probably 60-40 teaching versus um, building for customers. Nice. Hey, Chuck, we're, get, we're getting short of time here. I just want to ask you one last thing. You know, when you, you're, you're an accomplished uh, woodworker and educator. Mm -hmm. um, for, for people who are just... That's the that's the billing we got from you, okay? Hopefully your publicist has did a great job. I, was, I have a really good agent. That's always good to hear. The, the question I've got, you know, you, you, you've got a lot of people who are, who are novice woodworkers. They're just getting into the field, just getting into the craft. They look at the kind of stuff you do, and they say, wow, you know, I'm never going to get that there. What words of advice do you have for them? Um, well, if I can do it, you can do it, number one. Um, number two, go outside of that comfort zone, you know, you know, try and stretch yourself. Really push to go beyond what you think is your limit, and you'll be surprised at what you can accomplish. It's it's if it was hard, we professionals couldn't do it. That's a good point. Anything else? Oh, hold on. We do. Do we have a few internet comments? We have a few internet comments. Yeah, we what do. If, <laughs> Eli Cleveland, who who I'm sure everybody knows by now, says Chuck is awesome. <laughs> Chuck is the bomb. <laughs> well, Eli, Eli's pretty awesome himself. Eli's not so bad. We, we like Eli. I, uh, I've learned almost as much from him as I have from Tommy. We, <laughs> we, have, uh, we have a couple of questions. Um, one per, was what kind of classes you have coming up in the first couple of months of 2013 for those who want to sign up. Uh, the first few months of the year are primarily fundamentals classes. Um, you know, sort of set the tone for the rest of the year. Uh, we do have some, a couple of really cool projects. Uh, you know, there's a, a straight leg Chippendale footstool with a slip seat and H stretcher um, that we're going to do as a three-day class. Um, something sort of beginner to intermediate, that is. We're going to do a Pennsylvania Spice Box next year, uh, towards later on in the year, stuff like that. But the first few months of the year, fundamental stuff, or, you know, foundational skills. So stuff everybody should have. Right. All right, so Sweet. so if you're out there in listening land or viewing land uh, and you haven't had that class yet, even if you think you have, go take it anyway. It's <laughs> worthwhile. Uh, the, the rest of the questions we have from online are, why are you guys so giggly? <laughs> about 40 questions about why are you guys giggly. So It's time we revealed it. We're actually all just teenage girls on a sleepover. <laughs> The beebs. We're all about know. the beebs. I thought I thought it had something to do with the fact that everybody was broadcasting without pants, but that's a different. Thing. That was the other show we did the other week. Ah, uh, and the, the, without pants and some Jack. Come on, Chuck. Can I tell you something? Yes, you sir. Know, 
You're the man. I, I tell you, you know, and talk, the past couple past couple years I've met you over at uh, over at the well, Woodland America show. I tell you, you couldn't meet a more honest, down to earth kind of guy, talented and eager to teach. And and I just you're the woodworking uh, community is much better knowing that you're out there. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Even though I look like Ray Charles today, I would like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for what you do, and uh, and and thank you once again for coming on board. Oh, for my pleasure. Association. Yeah. Next and, time we'll and try to actually have a serious conversation. And, and that's and that's a good point, Tom. Because look, you know that that's one of the things when, when we do a lot of these interviews and stuff. We we have a lot of pe people, and it, it's it's always fun. We have a good time. But uh, yes, we're all being kind of goofy. But but the fact is 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 the reason we're being kind of goofy is because it's it's nice to have somebody on that 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 when we're out at the shows and stuff, we can just kind of BS with like like your uh, your. No, that's no there. BS, Chris. The, no, oh, yeah. no he BS. Saves it all we, for the shows. We, we save it all for the shows. And, Excellent. Uh, no, I, no, I, so, I mean. That. You got to realize that you know for 30 years I took woodworking really seriously, and then five years ago I started this school and I realized that you know wait it's just a lot of fun so you know why get so obsessive and so serious about it when you can just get into your shop and have some fun you know crunch all you like they'll make more. Just just remember one thing, Chuck. Yes. There's a reason why we woodwork and not play golf. This is fun for us. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head, my friend. Usually, Chuck, we got, I, we I got one more question. We, we got, got one, one more question, question. online, um, and this is this one comes from Eli, who as yeah, everybody knows who Eli is. I'm not gonna, Eli I'm not used gonna, up your allotment tonight, man. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, he he has an outstanding question for somebody like you, Chuck, which is, what is your advice for aspiring professionals? A second job, no, <laughs> a rich spouse, <laughs> a rich spouse. Oh, oh, yes, that'd be no, um, a sugar mama. <laughs> yeah, here we go. What I say, Tom, you're revealing my secrets, man. No, what, what, what I've what I've told lots of people over the last 25 years is, if this is your driving passion, um, and if you wake up in the morning and you say, you know, I got to get in there and I got to crank out five more pieces of furniture this week, and you can't live without doing that, then that then just Keep at it and, you know, promote, 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 and it'll happen sooner or later. Um, if you are not driven, if it is not your passion to get in there and create at that kind of level, then you probably want to rethink what you're doing. And that's the, probably the best advice I can give. You know, if you're, not, if you're not totally obsessed with making stuff for people, then, you know, keep it as a hobby and go do something else. And just remember, Chuck, if you are obsessed, you got to build five pieces of furniture this week. There's treatment for that. There is? <laughs> yes, there is. There's some kind of therapy. It's called poverty. <laughs> I'll fix you right up. Chuck, thank you so much for being online, and we want to thank you for being here. Hey. Keep making those Bermuda dovetails, okay? We love them. Excellent. All right, take care. I'll man. look for mine. I'll look for pictures of those, Tom, on the twentieth of December. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll find them on the twenty-second. Thanks for asking. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Chuck. Thanks, hey, Chuck. Chuck. Take care, man. All right. Yeah, you hey, too. if you thought that was fun, it, well, if you thought it was funny, you were looking at us. If you thought it was fun. We got more guests coming up. I mean, so we're not we're not just stopping with Chuck. We've got more guests coming up. But Chuck, one heck of a guy, I gotta tell you. It's Can always a pleasure to see him at the shows. 
Yeah, seriously. He's one of those faces you kind of look for when you go to a show. Now, just so you know, for we've got the holidays coming up, but that doesn't mean we're taking a break. Thank God we're not taking a break because we still have to get out there and prove who we are. Join us on the 26th of December when we'll be talking to David Venditto of Infinity Tools. He's going to talk bits and blades and carbide, the world he lives in. But believe it or not, it's important to woodworkers. All right. So tune in later. Now, that just about wraps it up for this show. And I want you to know that Tom, I have, you know, of Tom'sWorkbench.com. And I'm at Tom's Workbench on Twitter. And also, I can be found under the title of uh, Ray Charles Impersonator. Okay. And Chris, where can we find you? You can find me at HighRockWoodworking.com or you can find me on Twitter at HighRockWW. Nice. Diami. On Long Island, where can we find you? My inner tube address is penultimatewoodshop.com, and I'm on the Twitter at Diami Plotke, D-Y-A-M-I-P-L-O-T-K-E. Hey, the guy from uh, the fight, the Golden Domer over there, where, where, where can we find you there, Nick? Well, I'm at mansfieldfinefurniture.com, or follow me on Twitter at mansfinefurn. You can also find me on Facebook, on Google+, and um, in my shop most of the days. Nice. Hey, if you want to find out more about the Modern Woodworkers, Modern Woodworkers Association, Diami, what, where can people look? People should look at modernwoodworkersassociation.com. It has everything you'd want to know and a lot of things you don't want to know about the Modern Woodworkers Association. The recent podcasts, the older podcasts, our calendar, how to sign up, local chapters, anything you could imagine. It's got links to all the other pr- places we have a presence, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, and all those wonderful social sites. Right on, baby. Well, also, also, big thank you to Chuck for letting me beat him at dovetails this year at the Antwerp Olympics. Which, <laughs> you wait which, till he's not on. That's right. I, I waited specifically till he wasn't here to contest this. Well, thank you, Chuck. I Only we can see Chuck in the background cringing. What are right friends now. for? Aren't they? That's awesome. Hey, wait, wait a minute. Wait, who? All I gotta say is who bled. During the race, Nick is raising his hand because there was blood. <laughs> blood will be shed, my friends. And remember, a, what's a in? good dovetail challenge without some bloodshed? You, you Just remember, it, lighter man. woods are better because they highlight the blood. Darker woods don't show it as well. So just remember that. Hey. I have to give up my walnut. Yeah, seriously, you get kicked in the wall and have to go right to maple. And just remember, membership at the Modern Work Association is free. But the connections you make will be priceless. And the therapy you take will last a lifetime. I'm resident shop monkey Tom Iovino wishing you all happy sawdust. Hey, and Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa to everybody before we come back. <laughs>